Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. Now that uh, Roe v. Wade and uh, Casey, Planned Parenthood v. Casey has been overturned, we've got a new uh, political landscape in America regarding abortion. Uh, let me remind you, by the way, that tomorrow night uh, from 8 to 10, uh, we've got the uh, outstanding presentation called Life Beyond Roe, which is going to be a nationwide webcast with 35-plus top pro-life leaders laying out what they see is next for the pro-life movement after the Dobbs decision. These are going to be short, punchy, three-minute exhortations and analyses, so I would urge you to uh, register uh, at lifebeyondroe.com. If you want to take a look at our website in the upper left-hand corner of the homepage, you'll also see a way of registering uh, there as well. We want to take this uh, segment, though, to go back again to the basics. Uh, The Catechism of the Catholic Church uh, talks about the sanctity of human life. And to guide us uh, through this conversation, we've got Peggy Stanton, our correspondent at large here at Christ in the Afternoon. Peggy's a dame of the Order of Malta. She was ABC News' first female Washington correspondent and has hosted many programs on Ave Maria Radio, including the Malta Minute with the Catechism. And her book, uh, From the White House to the White Cross, is soon to be published. I think it's September. Isn't that right, Peggy? September? It is. Yeah. September. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm looking forward to it. So, Thank you. Let's uh, let's go ahead and, and take a look at what the cate- where does the catechism begin the discussion about uh, abortion or the sanctity of human life? Well, you know, it. Uh, I think that we should a- answer the most basic question first, and then go to abortion. Al, uh, why, for instance, is human life considered sacred? And and the catechism says. Human life is sacred because from its beginning it involves the creative action of God and it remains forever in a special relationship with the Creator who is its sole end. God alone is the Lord of life from its beginning to its natural end. Mm. No one can, under any circumstance, claim for himself the right to dis directly destroy an innocent human being. Yeah. yeah. And then it goes on to say the covenant between God and mankind is interwoven. This is interesting with reminders of God's gift of human life and man's murderous violence. A quote from scripture is cited for your life blood I will surely require a reckoning whoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. Yeah. yeah. Then the, that that yeah, passage, uh, Genesis 9 6, is <clears throat> commonly used um, as a foundation on behalf of uh, capital punishment, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, it doesn't mandate capital punishment. Uh, because of other texts in Scripture, but it certainly uh, makes it clear that capital punishment can't be considered an intrinsic evil, uh, because in this very passage, uh, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a parody uh, right. between the murderous act of killing uh, an innocent and how God may require the blood of the guilty. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, when it, uh, the Catechism speaks specifically on abortion, Al, it says, 
Human life must be protected and respected absolutely from the moment of conception. From the first moment of his existence, a human being must be recognized as having the rights of a person, among which is the inviolable right of every innocent being to life. Since the first century, the Church has affirmed the moral evil of every procured abortion. This teaching has not changed and remains unchangeable. Direct abortion, that is to say abortion willed either as an end or a means, is gravely contrary to the moral law. Yeah, yeah it's, it is quite amazing. Uh, that has been uh, the general attitude, I think, of Christian societies up until recently. Um, and I, it's how we how we return to that foundational assumption mm-hmm. that um, we're dealing with a, a sacred act of God mm-hmm. that calls uh, a person into existence at the moment of conception. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is just shows the work we have to do. We, we have to stimulate the moral imagination of right. our countrymen here to get back to that uh, pretty deep and profound understanding of what it means uh, to be uh, pregnant. I mean, <laughs> something yeah. sacred is going on here. Exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, if you put it on a very practical level, when you and I create something, whether it's be a painting or our, uh, a book or an article or... Um, a carpenter creates a chair, whatever, it's kind of, again, it's sort of in, in, in your baby, and, you, and you're very offended of something as, as inconsequential as that right. uh, if somebody tries to destroy it. So put this uh, to a much higher level. You have the creator who designed this child from all eternity had plans for what its life would be, and and we dare to cross the Creator yeah. and kill His creation. Yeah. It's, um, but but uh, you know we have to think too. Um, when you take away the rights of the innocent child, you're taking away your right and my right. Because yeah. as the Church says, uh, the inalienable right to life of every innocent human individual is a constitutive element of a civil society and its legislation. The inalienable rights of the person must be recognized and respected by civil society and the political authority. These human rights depend neither on single individuals nor on parents, nor do they represent a concession made by society and the state. They belong to human nature and and are inherent in the person by virtue of the creative act from which the person took his origin. Yeah, yeah. That's beautifully said. And uh, we are all, when we we cheapen human life uh, at any point along the spectrum, we are jeopardizing uh, human life throughout the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So uh, we at the beginning of life, if we treat human life shabbily, uh, at the end of life, if we treat human life shabbily, 
it, it, it calls into question the value of human life throughout that spectrum. Exactly. From exactly. conception to natural death. Exactly. And it, here's an interesting point. I'm skipping a few things here, but we can go back to them. But I just think that it says infanticide, fratricide, parasite, and the murder of a spouse are especially grave crimes by reason of the natural bonds which they break. Concern for eugenics or public health cannot justify any murder, even if commanded by public authority. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? It that is. big, when you th- I didn't think about that, but the natural bonds which they break. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, this is uh, this concern for eugenics or public health cannot justify any murder. Uh, that refers back to uh, practices in the early mm-hmm. 20th century right. in, in both uh, the United States and in Hitlerian Germany. Yeah, uh, in which yeah. lives were taken in order to. Uh, uh, clean up the gene pool, or sterilization yeah. was uh, uh, involuntarily uh, yeah. imposed on people. Well, you know, and I, I don't know, you can, right on the air, you can say to me, we can't read this, but when you bring up uh, Germany and Hitler, um, I think we have to face what actually takes place in an abortion I would think the American people, including me, didn't fully realize what happens. And um, I don't know if you want me to read this or not, uh, but it's the description a doctor saw for the first time. Oh, he was only a medical student. He didn't understand the sure. procedure. We, we've, got, we've got about three minutes. Well, let's see if I can do it. <laughs> okay. All I'll right. I'll go. Here I go. Um, He wrote in his article, he conceded his own ignorance until as a third-year medical student, he was present in a room where an abortion took place. Not knowing what medical procedure he was to observe, he was initially pleased by what he saw. He saw a baby about 17 weeks gestation floating peacefully in its amniotic sac, its tiny heartbeat flickering on the monitor screen. I still had no idea what the procedure was until suddenly I saw a long pointed object come into the triangular view of the ultrasound monitor and I watched in horror as the tool suddenly jabbed straight at the little baby. The baby immediately jolted violently as it reacted to the pain of the stab. I could not move. I felt paralyzed, dumbfounded. I remember thinking this mother needs to wake up and see what they are doing to her baby. The stabs kept coming, and the baby continued to reel, its little arms and legs flailing and punching in the amniotic fluid as it fought to survive. It felt like an eternity, but finally the movement stopped. The stabs kept coming, but the life was gone, and the struggle was over. The little hands that only moments earlier seemed to wave at me from the ultrasound monitor were severed off. Bit by bit, the baby was cut into indistinguishable pieces of tissue, and the skull was crushed. Next came the vacuum, and as the doctor who performed the abortion pulled out the pieces of conception, I heard him chuckle 
He turned to us, and with a grin I will never forget, he held up one of those tiny, perfect hands with forceps and reached it out to each of us saying, high five, high five, and laughed each time. I looked at him with disbelief. When the when he, the medical student then asked the doctor why the woman had an abortion, the doctor shrugged again and said he wasn't sure. He thought she was exposed to chicken pox and therefore wanted an abortion. Then under his breath he said, you know, everyone needs their excuse. Wow. And left the room. That's chilling. That Isn't is a it? chilling description. I know. I yeah. cried when I first read it. Wow. Peggy, thank you so much. Okay. We'll talk soon. Yes. Peggy Stanton giving us the Catechism on Abortion. Human life is sacred, the Catechism tells us, because from its beginning it involves the creative action of God.